Station. Travis still on vacation. Ross Peterson filling in. Comedian Bill Blank also in studio this morning. Yeah. We were talking about these publicly financed stadiums. Um, yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into building a multi-million dollar spring training com- complex. Yeah. You're only you're only using it for a month or so out of the year. Yeah, and um, then it just sits empty. I mean, what else does it even get used for? It, I don't know that it does. Would you? I mean, do do they rent them out to? Are there, I, are there baseball leagues in Arizona question. that work? I, would, that, I, I assume that those stadiums are used for something, but well, I don't I, know. I'm assuming that when they, Sean, you might know this better than anyone else. They must have leagues going on for. Is it year round? Adult little league. Do they have league? rehab going on hey, in Sean, Arizona? Sean plays uh, yeah, adult you'll league. have his, you'll have Arizona Fall League. Um, so and then there's there's guys there's guys that'll go down to uh, Mexico playing the Mexican Winter League. But they're the using the, they're using the spring training facilities during the Arizona Fall League. They're using the spring oh, training yeah, facilities yep. year round. Yep. I just I don't I don't know. So like but you're not going to so get things that are going to draw crowds year round. No. So you have your spring training schedule. You have the Fall League. The Fall League will draw draw crowds. There's but probably league. I can't I don't I can't imagine too many fans even as rabid as like Chicago Cubs fans you know yeah let's go to fall league no the real baseball season is still going on that's not going to draw people from out of town it might get people that already live there to go to a few games but you're not going to get not crowds va- from out of town you're not so really, a vacation around it your yeah. only chance to get people to come in and you're talking about these outside dollars for hotels meals Coming to your community is during spring training. And a lot of that, Ross, depends on how popular and how good your team is doing at the major league level. Yeah, I, and I just Googled Arizona Fall League attendance. These are average attendance numbers for 2016. Uh, and I'm just going to go go down this line. One club does have 1,000. Scottsdale averages 1,000 people per game. But we're only talking 15 games. One team averages 390 per game. So over the course of 15 games, you're bringing in 5,000 people? Well, you'll make $35 million if the tickets are $50,000. <laughs> I've done the math. We've yeah. crunched the numbers. I hope that uh, the taxpayers of Gilbert hold strong because these officials apparently want a cool spring training complex in their community, but they want average guy to pay for it. Heather, uh, we did a story last week or maybe it was earlier this week about the MLS that came out. Did you see the story about the MLS as a Ponzi scheme? The, the uh, economist, in fact, there's a book called Soccernomics. Soccer. I know. Listen, I'm just I'm just My unpopular opinion is I don't care about soccer well, and no amount about, of explaining the game is going to This is about stadium deals. Okay. And this is about how they're charging these new the new franchises uh, exorbitant fees for and then they're conning the books to show that there's profits behind owning these teams. And then they're propping up those first team's profits with the new money that's coming in from these new franchise fees. But the, a big part of this scam is they want cities to buy, to build uh, taxpayer-funded stadiums. But I'm telling you, they're going to go back. This guy down in Florida, I looked it up, he, promised, he told this county they were going to make $70.6 million in annual income. It would have a $70 million economic impact to their county and they bought it <laughs> and then literally bought it and bought the stadium so they'll buy it this group down in arizona will find the right dude to lie to the people to fudge the numbers the right way to show and, and convince the people oh my gosh 
you're you're never going to pay a tax bill again. Are you kidding me? You guys, you put this stadium down here. First thing that's going to happen is uh, Derek Jeter is going to probably show up and play shortstop every every Sunday. So yeah. you can go down there and watch superstar Hall of Famers all the time. You don't have that right now. People are going to flood in from up. We're going to have to build hotels. Hell, you guys are going to have a water park nearby. Think of what's going to happen when you have 40,000 people clamoring to get in that stadium every night. You're, you're going to have good problems. and Exactly. And people go, oh, my gosh, he's right. We could be the new Dubai. It just depends. It just depends on, <laughs> just depends on the level of charisma you're dealing with. Exactly. See, if you're going to hire a guy like that, don't don't hire a guy that's good with numbers. Hire a guy with a lot of charisma. Exactly. This Dr. And that, Mark Bond. Talk about this, where a yeah. lot of this all comes down to public relations. Exactly right. And what kind of personality <laughs> your snake oil salesman has. Yeah. Let the I, I bet you the Rock will get that stadium built. Oh my gosh! If you went down there and had and Dwayne Johnson's Dwayne Johnson going, stand listen, up. the Brewers. If you smell, no, you got because you got to <laughs> slow it down for the Rock. Remember, for something like that, it would be it'd be actor humanitarian Rock. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Have no, you, not rest. Have you rock. thought about the economic impact that could come along with inviting the Brewers future here? Future president, for, yeah, future the rock. president raises his eyebrow just subtly. All right, <laughs> what, what number are we on? Number three. <laughs> wow, we're only third in the top five. So the, the Patriots have their own planes <sighs> because, of course, they do. This is on the opposite end of the economic spectrum. Um, of course, obviously, in the NFL, private team jets, charter flights aren't anything new. But now the Patriots are the first NFL franchise to own their own aircraft. The team purchased not one, but two Boeing 767 wide-body jets this offseason for team use. And then, Offense and defense. And then painted them to make them look like they were Austin Powers jets. Did yeah. you see them? The Patriots logo, all five Lombardi trophies are on the side of the plane. Um, the planes have been retrofitted, so every seat is a first-class seat, and some of them recline all the way back. It's not known how much Bob Kraft paid for the planes, but it's estimated that these brand-new aircraft with all the amenity and features that we've talked about runs up to $200 million. I saw also estimated that uh, uh, he's got the cash. He's good for it. Yeah, he's, he's probably yeah. good for <laughs> and, it. And that's, a, that's the major difference. Here's how, here's Kraft how you paid know, for them. Here's how you yes. know you're rich. Um, they've bought two planes. One of them will be used during the season, and they'll keep the other one in storage as a backup. Yeah, well, you know, you might need another one. Just in case, man. It's going to operate out of Providence, Rhode Island. The Patriots will also make the planes available to be rented out during the season when the team doesn't need them. All I can think about, for whatever reason, I don't know what this says about me, but all I do is keep picturing Major League when that Indians plane pulls <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, right. And actually, <laughs> no kidding. The Cleveland Indians tweeted out yesterday, oh, you're the first team to own a plane? <laughs> they showed that? that? Yes. That's yes. great. That was well done by That's the Indians, absolutely. I will say. I don't like Song of High Wolf. <laughs> uh. Number four. Fourth in the top five, um, UCLA third-year quarterback Josh Rosen is, uh, could be a number one draft pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what scouts ultimately end up digging up or uncovering about him because um, this is a kid that obviously speaks his mind. He's going to have a bit of a reputation, Ross, if this interview is anything of a preview. Yeah. Um, he said when it, you know, he's in the middle of this interview, the topic shifts to the state of amateurism 
and when it comes to student athletes and the NCAA, and this is what he said. Look, football and school don't go together. They just don't. Trying to do both is like trying to do two full-time jobs. There are guys who have no business being in school, but they're here because this is the path to the NFL. There's no other way. Then there's the other side that says raise the SAT eligibility requirements. Okay, raise the SAT requirement in Alabama and see what kind of team they have. You lose athletes, and then the product on the field suffers. Yeah, I agree with most of what he's saying there. You know, Josh Rosen is in that last thing about the SAT. He's for some reason, for a moment, they're having a brain fart about how corrupt and crooked this uh, this system is. If a kid doesn't have a good enough SAT score, they just find him to the right JUCO that will either mm-hmm. fudge the numbers or put him in the right classes to get him uh, the right GPA, and then they get him the right tutoring to to give him the SAT score. And they, I mean, they they set this stuff up. Uh, so Josh Rosen's forgetting that one caveat of how crooked the NCAA system is. But other than that, he's 100% right. Do they have to do do players have to be taking full-time hours during the season? Full-time student hours, credit hours during the while I, the season. I, I, now, when you say I, that, I, I don't know, Bill. What the because I know so many of them. You know, a lot of guys stay around and they yeah. go they go to school all summer. Like, well, do they just need it, to meet a certain standard when the season starts? Yeah, but here, how see, many credits do they have to carry right. during the season? Now, here's right. the I do know this: they have to carry a certain number of hours during the summer to, to, to obviously to be on campus, right? Yeah. And one thing that's changed with the with the redshirting policy. It used to be that you would cram hours in during the summer because you wanted to help a guy graduate. Yeah. Now with grad transfers rules, there's no reason to push a guy through the through the system. So that's one thing I do know that has happened that has changed drastically. During the summer, they used to cram hours in because they were trying right. to help a guy get to that graduation point, and now they do now they do the opposite. So basically after their freshman year, academically they're like a and junior. Yes, you need to be full time during the season unless it's your Josh senior unless says. it's your senior year academically. I okay. got that from a good he source. He says human beings don't belong in school with our schedules. No one in their right mind should have a football player schedule and go to school. It's not that some players shouldn't be in school, it's just that universities should help them more instead of just finding ways to keep them eligible. Anytime uh, any player puts into school uh, will be taken away from the time they could put into football. Yeah, I don't have a problem they, with that. He says they don't realize they're getting screwed until it's too late. You have a bunch of people at the universities who are supposed to help you out, and they're more interested in helping you stay eligible. <laughs> at some point, universities have to do more to prepare players for university life and help them succeed beyond football. There's so much money being made in this sport. It's a crime to not do everything you can to help the people who are making it for those who are spending it. Now, if you don't want to pay athletes, he's right about that. If Put your resources back into helping your athlete your student athletes he's also probably though it i mean it sounds like he's obviously put a lot of thought into it and he's a deep smart thinking kid. smart yeah. kid he uh, wants to get his mba yeah it i think what he's also probably in the vast minority of athletes that aren't just trying to be eligible like he you know he's basically saying they're not helping them by just keeping yeah. them eligible and that's true but the kid that just, all he aspires to is to just stay eligible. Well, they're helping him. Yeah, and I I don't know which is I don't know which part of the fifty percent. I I don't know, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to blanket that. My gut is that most of these guys know they aren't that are playing college football. They know they're not going to the right. NFL, and they are interested in the in the education that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. And that's my gut feeling. I don't know that. Now that might change. 
depending on what level of football we're talking about. I don't know if at Alabama and UCLA, you've got the same percentage of kids that are interested in their education as you do at Iowa and Iowa State. You've also got a lot of guys that are just trying to get a degree just to have one. Yeah. And that came up in the uh, interview because this Bleacher Report reporter mentioned, hey, you know, some players like Deshaun Watson graduate in three years. And Josh Rosen said, if I wanted to graduate in three years, I'd just get a sociology degree. <laughs> I want to get my MBA. I want to create my own business. When I'm finished with football, I want a seamless transition to life and work and what I've dreamed about doing all my life. Every young person should be able to have a, that dream and the abilities to access, to access it. I don't think that's too much to ask. Well, then don't try to be a starter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love this. I mean, this, kid's I, no, the right, I, this kid's got the right perspective. I, I think he does, too. Yeah. I think he does, too. But I think you're also talking about – I I mean, he's definitely got the right perspective, but – not the thing you got to remember about human beings is not everybody's motivated by the same things and not everybody is motivated the same way you are no probably you know nobody I mean? yeah <laughs> right and so like you know there's guys out there you, you look at people and you you say things like i want the i want this guy to be the best person he can be i don't want him to just go to work and go home and and drink a beer and that's all he ever does that's boring well that maybe that's what that guy idea. wants right. maybe that's what's happiness to him so you know, you're, you're still talking about an individual, no matter how you look at it. And I, I, I think he's probably in kind of a minority with his thought process. Still to come, we'll round out the top five by getting uh, Ross and Billy's takes on the upcoming Iowa football season. I uh, Bill's kind of an Iowa fan. I don't. I, did you pick up on that earlier <laughs> in the show? You wouldn't think so. Anyway, I trashed my own team. You're we're hilarious players. though to follow through a game. Oh, I mean, it's, it's extreme to no other. Yeah. It's, it's extreme to no other. If he you're a Hawkeye his... fan on Twitter, you have to follow Bill. He I have more Iowa State. That's how bad I am. I have more people, uh, more Iowa State fans follow me on Twitter than Iowa. That fans. makes sense. You would yeah. think you were like this Iowa basher. I know it, <laughs> it cracks me up. <laughs> I'm emotional. All right. Plus, I, I see that Sean's been working tirelessly on the 6 a.m. podcast. We're going to see if he made any mistakes in his sports update. Yeah. Yes that's, and no. That's on, yes and no. <laughs> that's on the way on the Morning Rush 1460 KXNO. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to have Scott Reister from KCCI uh, come in and talk about playing golf in the dark. We can also talk with him about Iowa football, what he's hearing coming out of fall camp before the season starts. Uh, but in the meantime, we have Stephanie and John in here from the Special Olympics. Ross, you did this last year. Bill, I don't know. What are your thoughts on heights? On heights? Yeah. Are you scared of heights? No. Would no, you I'm repel good. off the side of a building? Absolutely. For like a cause? Yeah. Like Special Olympics? Oh, in a second. Well, maybe you can do it this year because I did it last year and Terrified. I did it. I made it down to the bottom. And I know that you were trying to explain to me. John, that like you don't have to like the the harness and everything. This propelling thing is kind of self-explanatory. You just have a lever that controls how quickly mm -hmm. you you descend down the side of the building. And Hold, yet, holding onto the rope will do you no and good. And yet you yeah. tried telling that to my uh, uh, most basic of instincts, and I was gripping that rope that was behind me like my life literally <laughs> depended on it. And I, I think I had nerve damage yeah. for a while. Uh, my hands hurt so bad when I got to the bottom. I'm glad I did it. 
I can say that I rappelled off the side of a building, but it was fairly. What building? It was. It's. The, what the, was it? It's the, the, the financial center. The financial center. It's the, the financial yeah. center. It's yes. the fourth largest. Well, now the fifth largest building in all of Iowa. It's yep. the when you look downtown, you basically will see the or it's the fourth largest because you have the principal tower, you've got the Ruan mm-hmm. building, you have the building that looks like the absolute vodka bottle, mm-hmm. EMC, and then the fourth largest building is just this square building that's next to the EMC building, rectangular building. Uh, that's the fourth largest building in Iowa. And that's the building we repelled on the side of. They have lights that that light it up at night too in different colors. Yes. So if you look at it, that's the building. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I did it. If you want to talk about overcoming your fears for a good cause, that's another great reason to do it. If you're like Billy and you're like, yeah, I just want to have an exhilarating day and what would otherwise be your, just your average day in, in downtown Des Moines, do this. It's for a great cause. Talk a little bit more about um, uh, this cause and, and the event that's surrounding it. This, it, it's, it's fun, but yet at the same time, wow. Well, we're, it is 345 feet to give you a perspective. Um, how tall the building is and special olympics iowa supports over 14,000 athletes statewide we have uh events in all 99 counties and eight different events uh throughout the year that the state puts on over 82,000 regional and local events uh that we also support but this cause is one of our best fundraisers to get the community out there and get some excitement um it's obviously an adrenaline rush being that high up there um heather knows that firsthand obviously um <laughs> i was there to witness the death grip um, <laughs> and i'll be excited to see her go over again this year i think she promised me she'd go over again this year but i think i may have in a because i know it's for such a great cause she and might make a tra- i might be the player to be named later on that one <laughs> well, they, they swapped out down andrew downs is going to do it with me this year now you're the, doing it again. Yeah, because one of the ladies that uh, did it, the, one of the sales ladies did it with me last year, and okay. so she said that uh, she was backing out, and Andrew, I guess, is going to take her spot. So uh, even Heather describing it, it took me back to that moment. I'm shaking. I'm like, I'm anxious right now to get up there and do it again. It was, it, it, like, there was this adrenaline rush that came with it that I didn't expect at all. I knew it was going to be a little scary, but I thought, eh. You know, you don't realize how high up it is. Everybody, yeah, people do this all the time and all overcome it. And when you get up there and you step on the edge of a building that's 375 feet in the air, and you're 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 not committing suicide, exactly. (laughs) In your head, you're like, no, I'm not supposed to be up here. No, I'm not. Did you? They have a photo op. They have several photo ops. Uh, The first one, right as you're going over the edge, uh, they encourage you to put both your hands up in the air. I couldn't. Did you do that? I've got it. Got it back in the office. Yes. I, and cleverly held my hand, other hand behind me. <laughs> cleverly, like nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to know I was only do it one hand. Me holding this useless rope that actually hangs down. <laughs> and then uh, there was a second opportunity about halfway down, right? Yeah. Where you can stop. And they even have mm-hmm. signs that say, you're getting close. Stop for a photo. Yep. And some people stop. Yeah, a lot of people stop. We have a photo op there. We have a viewing booth there. and the, I believe it's on the 13th floor mm-hmm. that you can look out. We have a hors d'oeuvres and whatnot there yeah. people can sit there and watch you and then as you go down there's a lot of people working in their offices that you sit there and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. you're banging your feet on their window as you're going down yeah yeah it's a neat it's a neat deal it's neat that you guys are able to turn this around and help so many people how do people sign up so they if people are hearing this they think that's something they'd want to do how do they sign up for this so if people are interested they can go to our website which is soiwa.org um, and they just have to register online, and then it is a thousand dollar fundraising minimum to be able to do it. 
soiowa.org and then when you get there you'll find uh, you'll be able to see yep there's a link right on the home page that says over and the edge what's okay. the date again because you have a little time yet to, to yep. raise your money so it'll be wednesday september 13th mm, i'm looking on there right now i think when you go to upcoming events maybe that's where you're uh, well you're where you'll find that or through support i'm just trying to see right now so we can get people to the to the yes. right spot so heather is it ironic that they do this in the fall <laughs> 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 I won the amateur contest. Over the Edge is an international company. They do these events all over the world. That was one thing I wanted to talk about. It was uh, very well run. Um, from the minute you get in, you're just you're ushered in. They give you your harness, your safety equipment. You do a test run off the side of a parking garage, so they kind of tell you what's going to happen once you get to the top. A mere three stories, which is... And you knew, I knew I You're was only, in a, only serious injury on that one. I knew I was no. in a serious trouble when I was scared to go over the three-story parking garage. Right. So I'm, and I'm like, I'm just going to choose not to look down. And that's exactly what I did. I just kept concentrating on the tops of buildings around me. Um, just I, wait for somebody to tell you you're near the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, I kept thinking, I've got to be getting close. And then I see the sign, you're halfway. And I'm like, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I watched Ross's video. Yeah, because I, I wore the, I wore a GoPro. Yeah, last yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went way too fast. But and this that's the thing, though. Down. You can see you can see the point where you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a very distinct moment where up? yeah, where he starts really pushing off the side. I felt like diehard a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. kind of like zzz, yeah, yeah. All right, you're waiting for him. To, waiting for him to bust out a pistol and shoot a few holes in a window. They wouldn't let me carry. It. They wouldn't let me carry up there, Bill. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> they make it, and you. They make you wear take everything out of your pockets. Everything you, because obviously, obviously, and you. But I mean, yeah. then anything when you're down, falls out of your pocket from that height. It's... And they make you wear a helmet, and you're about halfway down, and you put those two things together, and you go, oh yeah, if a penny fell from there. Go yeah. right through me, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Slice me in half. And then you go, if I fall from here, this helmet's really going to help. Well, the helmet's for stuff that's... <laughs> the helmet's not to protect you if you fall. It's to, but they've never had... I mean, it, it's not something to be... They they walk you through that, Bill, because that's obviously everybody's yeah. fear. And well, repelling is very safe, really, when it comes down When you to get it. up there, these guys... There's something about that calm confidence of an engineer... And then mm-hmm. you get up there, and there's like two engineers on top of the building, and they're both like, "Yeah, we were throwing 700 pound bags of sand over this uh, over the side of the building earlier. Everything's fine." <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm not 700. I'm good. Yeah, the Iowa State Patrol also helps us out at this event. They um, have a lot of repellers that are also up there checking your harnesses and double checking, triple checking everything. Yeah, obviously, if I would have thought there was absolutely any chance of anything actually happening to me, I would have never done it. It of was course. it was exhilarating. <laughs> It was something that I will probably do again, especially as John continues to look at me and say, "You said you'd do it." <laughs> you promised. I'm. A, I'm. I would encourage people. This is. It's a very neat thing, and even if you don't do it, you can do things like uh, what's. What do you guys do that where you can pay to have your boss go over, toss your boss, toss your boss. Okay. Yep. Yep. So if your office wants to get together and make someone, a coworker, or your boss go over, you can sign up and do that online too, and kind of pledge money to make someone go over that explains a couple of people that i saw there the day <laughs> i did yeah. yes <laughs> and the cheering crowd at the bottom do you guys do you need any more volunteers you need anything like that is are you guys good to go no i think we're good on volunteers okay. so we're okay. just looking for participant participants at this point over the edge do it it's so much fun soiowa.org yep you got it get All a right. picture that'll last a lifetime of you yeah. Hanging out over downtown. I need to dig up the video that 5 shot on this day, and I'll put it on 
KXNO Facebook page, and yours too. So if you have any questions about what it's like or anything, you can check out our Facebook page later today too. Stephanie, John, thanks for coming in. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, over the edge, soiowa.org. When you put that video up, if you could take the volume out, because I have a lot of uncomfortable giggles in that. (laughs) 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 Sound like an Eastern Michigan football player on his way down. (laughs) I I remember Heather getting up on top of the building. And so you're standing up on top, and you're kind of holding on to the big harness, right? And these these engineers are like, all right, man, you're you're completely in the support of the harness. You can let go of the structure. And I went, okay. And I held on as tight as I could. He's like, any minute, you can, you can let go, go ahead and let go. I'm like, I, I got it. Yep, about to let go. Any second here, I'm going to let go, and I'll be going down the side of this building. And the whole time, my brain's going, no, you're not letting go. <laughs> Just climb back down. Stop pretending you're not doing this. I think toss your boss is a good move. I think I think you'll get a lot of money out of that. That's a good two eight four five nine six six. You can tweet at us at Heather Radio at KXNO Morning Rush. Still to come, we'll talk a little Iowa football and Scott Reister from KCCI coming in as well. It's the Morning Rush fourteen sixty KXNO. Welcome back to the Morning Rush. Travis on vacation, and we have yet to hear from him, Ross. I'm just realizing we may not have we may a re- not. we may not have a report on the horse after all. Maybe maybe there was an injury. So Ross Peterson in for Travis, comedian Bill Blank in the studio, and now joining us uh, from KCCI, Scott Reister. Good Thanks, morning. Scott. We were going to talk a little Iowa football before we talk about your event that you help um, with. Let's do it. So and you were at Iowa Media Day. I was. Chad Lysigo just had a, a column in the register about the quarterback situation at Iowa. What is what are you hearing? What what's going on there? As far as the company line goes, which I believe <laughs> is they have no idea. They really don't. I mean they really they desperately want either Stanley or Weegers to step up. But I mean if you saw the spring game, neither one of those guys looked the part. I mean they both have talent. Obviously, the receiving situation isn't great. At the spring game, Akron Wadley also wasn't there, so the defense knew they were going to be throwing. They weren't taking any shots downfield, and the shots they did take didn't go well. I don't think they had one pass in the spring game over 20 yards. Like Every completion was to the tight end. It was very discouraging after the spring game going in. And they say through fall camp, through the first six practices at least, as of media day on Saturday, really none of those guys has – you know, made the leap or stepped up. So at this point, they're neck and neck. But discouraging, from my point of view, is it doesn't sound like it's neck and neck in a good way. It sounds like they're both mm. just struggling to neither kind of step neither ahead. Yeah, the job. right, yeah. right. So I mean, I really don't know. I mean, you, you say Stanley could be the younger guy and you know has a little more potential, but Uyghurs has been there and knows the offense better. So I, I don't know. At this point, flip a coin for me. But uh, you really would like to see somebody quote unquote earn the job because they did it really well, as opposed to just the coaches agonizing and trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah, that's right. Not what right. You want to have so, happen. so that, that's where I'm at with that. So they have that going on, and then mm-hmm. also outside of Matt Vandenberg, who are these quarterbacks supposed to throw to? Well, one guy to keep an eye on is Nick Easley. He's from Newton, went to Iowa Western Community College for a few years, and I got to interview him on Saturday. And he's he's a smaller guy. Could be, I mean, he's not like tiny, but he's a shorter guy. But he looks, you know, nice build. Uh, went to Newton, starred there for several years, and he's always wanted to go to Iowa. He's one of these guys that have, we've Iowa Western's been kind of turning out these guys, and 
he was telling me the story when Coach Kirk Ferentz called him and asked him to come on the team as a walk-on, and he was playing it cool, like, okay, I'll talk to my parents. But secretly he was, like, jumping <laughs> for joy, exactly, like he was jumping out of his skin. So I really think he's going to be involved. He made the two deep right out of training camp. So, I mean, he's listed as a either, you know, starter or right below it. Yeah. Adrian Falconer is a guy that we've been waiting on to kind of blossom, so he's right there. I think – they're going to, I mean, everyone's worried about it, but I think it's going to be okay. I mean, once you get the wide receivers in, and, and the good thing about it is that I think the passing lanes will be open because everyone's going to be focused on stopping Wadley and James Butler. The offensive line is great. So the opportunity is there for some wide receivers to step up. And I think easily could be one of those guys. I think there's something to be said to the, you know, two things like one with easily those, those kids like that grew up wanting to be Hawkeyes. hundred percent. There though. is. Yep. There, you can't. It's a, it's like Nicholas Bear in basketball. There's Guys just something you can't. There. They want to be there yep. so bad. I mean, those those are your hundred and ten percenters. But quarterback wise, what about? You know, Stanley was really the only one that got any game time last year. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he. I mean, he could be ready. I mean, that's got to come into play, doesn't it? It does, but it's not like he played that much. To be honest mm. with you, and when he did play, he looked I pretty mean, good. Uh, he did, but they really didn't throw much. I mean, right. the last few games without Beathard, they really just ran the ball. All but the that time. that kind of that kind of uh, that kind of out route that comes out of the backfield a little bit that where you got to put some touch on the ball and kind of throw to the outside. That's one of the tougher throws for a quarterback, is it not? Yeah, yeah, and he's and he and he made that throw a, a, few, a few couple times, of times, a few times. So, I mean, I'm in, I'm at least encouraged by that. I don't think that I think we're making a way too much about the passing game. I really do. I and I'm I'm with you, Scott. That easily will be a good guy for that. He because of all those things that Bill said, they're not ever going to have a game breaker at wide receiver in this mm -hmm. offense. It's not going to happen. And even if you have a guy that has game breaker skills, that's offense doesn't put the ball in their hands that often. I've, I'm encouraged more by the fact that the tight ends. Are receiving tight ends. Fant and uh, and Hawkinson are both guys that I think they can rely on to kind of come away from the line, step out wide a little bit. I'm not saying they're deep ball threats, but they're definitely going to open up uh, passing lanes when everybody's cramming in to stop the run. And that's one of the differences you saw at Media Day when they put out the two deep. There's actually an extra tight end starting, as opposed to having three wideouts on the starting two deep. You know, you see the two tight ends yep. and one less wideout. So that's a change with Brian Ferentz's coordinator, Hawkinson and Fant seem to be those top two guys. I talked to both of them. Noah Fant's very excited. And as you watch the spring game, I mean, that's one guy that they were targeting a lot. So right. Noah Fant's going to catch a lot of passes. Like I said, the offensive line's there, so they're not going to be taking shots down the field no. left and right like you would no, you hope. you can put Randy Moss on this <laughs> right. team, I'm telling you, <laughs> right. and, it's, and, and you're not going to have 300 yards yeah. passing. It, and it's going to be an accident if somebody's open deep. Right, and, and I think Van, <laughs> yeah, Vandenberg has deceptive speed. You don't think he'd be that fast, but he is. I think Vandenberg will get a, get a couple shots downfield. Falconer's really fast. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. mean, they could find a rhythm, but yes, going into camp, this looks like a running team with a lot of tight end passes. 100%. And, you know, if they get that timing down, you know Vandenberg's going to get his 100-yard game here and there. Yeah. Your prediction for how many wins Iowa? Ooh, position. the old win prediction. Yeah, uh, more importantly, on. more importantly, go on the record with Iowa State. That's what uh, we really want to know. Okay, I'll go on the record. I'll, <laughs> um, you know, I want to. Okay, first, first number of wins. I think it'll be really similar to last year. I think last year they closed out with those three wins to end the season. Then when got killed by Florida in the Outback Bowl, uh, I think it could be similar. I could see them. Um, winning seven games, yeah. seven, eight. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether I can. I'm, 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 I'm torn. Right yeah. around there also. I mean, everyone says, oh, they got all those tough games at home. But, yeah, they're still tough games. So um, They're just – it's the same every year. <laughs> every year it's the same thing. They could either have a great season or a bad season. 
Well, sure. You, you, I can never go. I, I have in my entire life, I've never gone into an Iowa football season and been like, this is the one. Now they're Orange Bowl year. This is 12 and 0. I think but I year, still they, didn't see that, it coming. That was the year. But I that think. year was, I, they lost Iowa State. I know. And then they had an amazing year, though. I, but yeah. 2002, probably. they did too. And then never lost another game until USC. Bill, are you are you, you like just, us? Are you? Are, I have a feeling you're somewhere between five and fifteen wins on the season, right? Yeah, pretty much. Is that kind of your, <laughs> depending on which way the wind's blowing on a given? I minute. am. I'm. I'm the. I am the battered spouse of Iowa fans. <laughs> Bill, it's like they didn't mean to. They love me. They really do. <laughs> we were. <laughs> we were talking about. It was Bill. like my bad man and the Cubs yeah. comparison. Yes, yes it's, it's just one of those things. It's I have to protect. I promise me. I won't do it to you yeah. again. Yeah. Come I, back. I, I I I really want good things, but I got to protect my heart. I got to keep my walls up. That's kind of what it boils down to. Have you had this conversation with someone else on a deep level? Yeah, over right. a <laughs> candlelight dinner. Somebody, you're, somebody there you're are, paying, uh, or on a couch for yeah, the therapist. Yeah, office. there's somebody you cut a check to. <laughs> Twitter becomes my therapy during football season. I'm pretty sure. If you if you doubt us for a minute, when you follow Bill, watch on the first play of the season, the first offensive or defensive play. Bill will decide between four and fifteen wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We suck. No snap judgment there. Uh, I'm, I am the worst. We're if, only beating Illinois. This sucks. If the players, if the players observed me watching the games, they'd be like, "Go like somebody else. <laughs> Just don't even like our team. We don't even want you." Bill, I'm going to string you along. Then I'm going to really build you up, only to bring you down. I will say eight wins. I uh, so. There. I'll take there it. There you go. I'll give you eight. I'll be happy with I, it. I like him. You know, I fall in love with these guys when I talk to them. The offensive line is really good. I mean, those guys, once again, they've got it all going on with Welsh, yeah. Becker, uh, James Daniels, LaShawn's little brother, is just a monster. Mm-hmm. And Boone Myers. Uh, I mean, they got a lot of talent in the offensive line. Two what running about, backs, Wadley yeah. and Butler. They're really going to be good. What about the defensive line, though? Defensive line is going to be smaller. Parker Hesse has been playing out of his mind the last few years, but he's a smaller guy. Um, Anthony Nelson, the Ketawakee, he's gained more weight. He's really tall. I think they're going to be good. Uh, the linebacking core is the strength of the defense with the three seniors. Josie Jules just Josie Jewell. I try to get him to joke around at Media Day. We were just we always find something goofy he, he to do. Not. No, I mean this guy is just yeah, business, business, I business. I mean, he, I had a Rubik's cube and I was going around getting guys to solve a Rubik's cube, just goofing around, getting stuff. And the guy looked at me like, "Get the hell away yeah. from me!" He was like, <laughs> I mean, he put the fear of God into me. And, he took a bite out yeah, of exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. I crush you in your Rubik's cube. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, this guy's a mean mamma jammy. See, that's where that's where I. <laughs> do get that's when i do get optimistic and if you look at history at least and i could be talking crazy but it seems to me like our best seasons are when our linebackers are really good like yeah when we've got a few like you look back at hodge and greenway and then hitchens and uh i forgot kirksey kirksey you know we when we have a couple of really all big 10 even all american level linebackers we are that those are our best seasons so that's where my optimism comes from i guess if i have any isn't he adorable he wears his heart on his sleeve it's bill blank <laughs> follow him on twitter what's your twitter handle bill blank one at bill blank one at bill i blank think one. okay i ten and two I still wow. got. I, I just picked up another. I I just picked up another Iowa State fan follower while we were off air. By the way, I have way more Iowa State fans following me. They're gonna love it. They won't disappoint. <laughs> we need to talk to Scott about uh, how people can help uh, prevent blindness, Iowa. Right? Yeah, because coming up a week from Friday, it's a shot in the dark. Uh, is this still at Willow Creek? It is at Willow Creek. Yeah, we've had you guys out there before. It's. Uh, 
absolute blast. I don't know if you want to say any more. Uh, well, what it's nine holes because that's about all I can handle feeling like I am literally blind. And you're walking. You have to walk right? because mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, you start and you can still see fairly well. In fact, it's still when you first tee off light enough that you could even use a regular golf ball, but that doesn't last long. And some cheaters do. And, you, right. and, and by the way, by the way cheaters, <laughs> we can hear you on the golf course because when you hit a glow-in-the-dark golf ball, it doesn't sound like a normal golf ball. The, a, a glow-in-the-dark golf ball. It's a little more ball, of a thud as yeah. opposed to the bing. Sounds like you hit a rock. Yeah. But this is, I, I tell people all the time, Scott, like, Every golf tournament you go to tries to find ways to be unique. This is a unique event. You won't do anything like this again. It's, it, yeah. It's it's different. It's and hilarious. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a blast. It's an absolute blast. It's the only time I golf every year because I'm terrible, but it doesn't but really matter because you're having fun out there. Um, I mean, when the you, you use these uh, balls, they glow in the dark. They get activated upon contact with the club. And you also have to wear glow necklaces because when it's pitch dark, you want to be able to see the group ahead of you mm-hmm. so you know not to hit a ball when they're still out there putting and whatnot. But it, there's nothing like it when it's dark outside and you hit a nice drive. That feeling regularly when you golf, when you hit a nice drive, and it's like, wow, that felt great. Imagine it being dark and you see a little missile shoot up into the yeah. air like a firework it's the coolest thing ever you i mean it feels great now, you hit it and it's like boom. now there's a vapor trail. i know it's amazing that's the second coolest thing ever the coolest thing ever is when your little glow stick inside the ball actually breaks and then you putt on the green because it looks like the tiger woods golf game it actually leaves oh, the yeah, line yeah. The, it leaves little dots on the green you're like whoa that's right. cool and now i got, see the break yeah. and everything I don't know if this it happens to you. You mentioned that you're not very good and you don't golf often. Correct. I don't either. But g- night golf almost helps my game because you're forced to concentrate. <laughs> I'm not lifting my head you know, too early or whatever because you can't see anything anyway. Yeah. So you may as well keep your head down and take a nice clean shot at the ball. I It ha- actually has helped my golf game. And it probably gets rid of the pressure of doing anything right. Well. Yeah. yeah, it also too. builds the the teamwork thing of being with a foursome because you have to help your friends find their ball. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you have a to. You yeah. have to watch your buddy's ball fly, and then you got to help him when he gets. So it's over. not glowing anymore after oh, it, no, it does. Glows. It glows. Ball it glows. still glows absolutely. And and again, it's almost neat when you're on the course because you can just look off in the distance and you'll see these arcs. You know, you see these balls right. flying through the air, and it's a it, it's a neat thing. One of the things me and my foursome does each year is that we'll pretend we we can hear everybody else out on the course, and it's pitch black. It's kind of a kind of a campy feeling, and yeah. we always it's say like, "All right, on the count of three, everyone cheer like we just made a hole in one." And we're yeah. like, "One, two, three, and everyone just goes, "Oh my god, that was amazing!" And everyone's looking around like, "Wow, those guys are doing really good." And we, you know, we come back and we're like a nine over. <laughs> it's awesome. So but yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's such a cool event, and if you've never tried it, it's something you got to do, and you have a chance to do it. Friday, August 18th at Willow Creek. Where do you sign up? So um, I try to make it as super easy as possible. I know I just tweeted it out again this morning. It's on my Facebook page. If you can remember my name, Scott Reister, KCCI. You can also just Google Prevent Blindness Iowa. But yeah, I put it on my Facebook page. I put it on my Twitter. And uh, Prevent Blindness Iowa, in case you don't know, just actually lost its state funding. The oh, organization no. is in trouble. Yeah, $100,000 each year, um, and that has been cut from the budget from the and, state. And so people know, this this group helps. It's not just um, people that maybe you would classify as blind. I mean, they help out with people with kids that need glasses and Absolutely. all sorts of stuff. Scott. Yeah, so um, 50% of all vision problems are preventable, and uh, you know over 22,000 vision screenings each year. And if you look at one in four school-age children has a vision problem. Problem. And this 
organization goes in, it trains the school nurses, it goes in and does these vision screenings themselves and provides glasses. And that pretty much is all going to be going away because we lost our state funding unless we can continue the fundraising efforts mm. internally um, through events such as this. So it's more important than ever. It has a direct, tangible impact on the quality of life of countless of Iowans right here in our state. All the money goes to continue the program here. So it's a crucial service that is in danger of going away. So do one thing you, you can do, do, do is you guys have vision it. problems? Am I the only well, one? Are any of you I'm wearing be, contacts? I'm getting vision problems. <laughs> I had LASIK surgery Did back okay? in the early 2000s, and they had told me then, this is going to solve your problem for a while, but eventually your eyes are going to get old and you're still going to need readers, and that's exactly what's happened. I can't, and, and, and it's, this is just a small taste of what it must be like to, you know, I can't read a pill bottle without readers now. Right. Oh, and, Heather, I take my glasses off and I can make out, I, I, I would maybe know where your head was. I put on, on your sweatshirt. glasses. Uh, You've done, you did that one time, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, have, I have really bad eyes. And I, I can't had ima- bad enough eyes before my LASIK surgery huh. that I, I couldn't even come close to reading the alarm clock when I woke up. I, would have, I wouldn't be able to recognize people when they came in the door. No way. And that, yeah. and so, I'm Kirk Ferentz. Well, Scott, I remember <laughs> when you, and I, I hadn't thought about this in a long time. I can remember being in like second grade and not seeing, not being able to see the chalkboard I, I mean, I, I liked to think I was a pretty good athlete. Being a, having good vision is a pretty good part oh of being gosh, an athlete. Sure. I was a horrible athlete. I was, I was faking it the whole time. Yeah, and I didn't. And it, it was vision was a big part of it. Seventy four percent of all juvenile delinquents actually have vision problems. That's it turns probably out, what right, happened because, to me yeah. also. Because they're, they're <laughs> angry. <laughs> they're angry all the time. Yeah, He's right. the yeah. profile. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all making sense for young Ross over I here. I can attest to it. I played Salvation Army basketball with Ross. He likes to tell stories, but uh, it was yeah. bad. It was bad news. Right. 284-5966. You can tweet at us, at Heather Radio, at Cakes in a Morning Rush. A lot of just, air balls. I just, retweeted, I just retweeted the information about Shot in the Dark. Um, awesome. Plus, Thank you. you should already be following Scott anyway. Yeah, you should. Got all sorts of insight and intel on what's going on in Iowa City and Ames. That's Scott Reister. Easy to remember. Uh, we'll come back to wrap up the show. Have Sean's morning dump. Scott, you can stick around if you have time. Awesome. It's the Morning Rush, fourteen sixty KXNO. Continue the conversation on Twitter and Facebook. It's the Morning Rush with Travis Justice and Heather Burnside on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. And now it's time for Sean's morning dump. Guy, the one that's looking down, he looks like it's the first time. Oh, it does this. <laughs> this is what happens. Everybody's got an O face. <laughs> oh, I did it! I did it, Mom! I found my special purpose. Oh no! I found my special purpose, Mom. <sighs> oh boy, that that begs some explanation. You can find it on our blog at kxno.com. I'm going to try to find the picture right now for Scott Reister. Wow. What I am have, I listening to? That's I have amazing. Arri- I have arrived. I I was hoping, and I didn't say it out loud because I didn't want to jinx it, I was hoping I would be the morning dump. I well, I'm, really, you, congratulations, <laughs> you, you were. Thank Eastern you. Michigan uh, had their football poster come out. What do you? That's uh, Creighton, the old Drake coach, right? Um, what do you? These guys look like they get a lot of pleasure. They're having fun. Football. Yes, the, the football directly is causing it, it looks like. I mean, <laughs> that's I've unfortunate, right? They're happy. I've, I've heard of monkeys doing that to football. <laughs> <but> I, <laughs> that's what my high school football coach used to say we were doing. <laughs> 
Anyway, wow, that's awesome. See what we're talking about. It's on our blog, kxno.com. I tweeted it out. It's it's out there. Eastern Michigan needs more people proofing their posters. Do you think they'll come out with another one now? Or the, I mean, they just got to leave it at this point. They did it on they? purpose, by the way. I mean, we're talking about Eastern Michigan football. That's their goal, right? Um, no. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Not know. this way. That's a good point. Hey, any publicity is That's good publicity. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 If they do, Bill, they should come out with the next one with those four guys all asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cigarettes hanging out of their mouth. <laughs> Scott, again, what's the website for Shot in the Dark? Uh, just Google Prevent Blindness Iowa or hit my Facebook page up August 18th. Come on out. Cool event. Go, it is, it's something you, you'll get a chance once to do and you will love it. It is a lot of fun. It and is. it might actually help your golf game, as I discovered. <laughs> yeah, it, Can't get know, any worse. Yeah, it, it's, it's unique. It's not a normal golf event. So I, I encourage people to do it. My friends that did it with me love it. We still talk about it. Murph and Andy coming up at 2. Ross again at 4. From the WCI Pools and Spas Studio, this is 1460 KXNO Des Moines, an iHeartRadio station at KXNO.com or the